Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 32 this year, episode 32. So we're going to do the readings for the third week of Lent. This is the readings for the third week of Lent. So uh, let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this is the entrance antiphon. It's from Psalm 25. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues my feet from the snare. Turn to me and have mercy on me, for I am alone and poor. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues my feet from the snare. Turn to me and have mercy on me, for I am alone and poor. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues my feet from the snare. Turn to me and have mercy on me, for I am alone and poor. And there's an alternative. Uh, this is from uh, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 23 to 26. When I prove my holiness among you, I will gather you from all the foreign lands and I will pour clean water upon you and cleanse you from all your impurities and I will give you a new spirit, says the Lord. One more time. When I prove my holiness among you, I will gather you from all the foreign lands and I will pour clean water upon you and cleanse you from all your impurities. And I will give you a new spirit, says the Lord. When I prove my holiness among you, I will gather you from all the foreign lands. And I will pour clean water upon you and cleanse you from all your impurities. And I will give you a new spirit, says the Lord. Okay, this is going to be the act of penance. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me and with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion. Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion. Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. So the first readings I'm going to do are the optional readings for the third week of Lent. The optional re uh, readings for the third week of Lent. So there are going to be two sets of readings I'm going to do here for this episode. First is Exodus, Exodus chapter 17, verse 1 to 7. The Lord showed Moses water that the people might drink. A reading from the book of Exodus. From the desert of sin, the whole congregation of the children of Israel journeyed by, by stages as the Lord directed and encamped at Rehabiadim, uh, 
there was no water for the people to drink. They quarreled, therefore, with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to a test? Then, in their thirst for water, the people grumbled against Moses, saying, Why did you ever make us leave Egypt? Was it just to have us die here of thirst with our children and our livestock? So Moses, Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people a little more and they will stone me? The Lord answered, Moses, go over there in front of the people along with, the, with some of the elders of Israel. Hold on, sorry. Lost my place here a little bit. A little paper got stuck. With some of the elders of Israel holding in your hands as you go, as you go, the staff which you struck the river, I'll be standing there in front of you on the rock in Horeb. Strike the rock and the water will flow from it for the people to drink. This Moses did in the presence of the elders of Israel. The place was called Massa and Meribah because the children of Israel quarreled there and tested the, the Lord saying, is the Lord in our midst or not? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 95. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us acclaim the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us joyfully sing psalms to him. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord who made us, for he is our God and we are his people. We are the people he shepherds, the flock he guides. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Oh, that today you would hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as at Massa, as in the day of Massa, in the, as at Meribah. Oh, okay. Oh, that today you would hear his voice, harden not your hearts at Meribah, or as in the day of Massa in the desert, where your fathers tempted me. They tested me, though they did not, they had seen my works. If today you would hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Okay, one more time. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us acclaim the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us joyfully sing psalms to him. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord who made us. For he is our God and we are, we are the people he shepherds, the flock he guides. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Oh, that today you would hear his voice, harden not your hearts at, at Meribah, or as in the day of Massa, in the desert, where your fathers tempted me, they tested me, though they had seen my works. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.
Okay, so um, the first optional reading doesn't have a second reading, so I'm going to um, well, I'm going to basically just uh, read from the uh, the second reading will be from. Well, I'm going to actually choose one from the, I'm going to choose the, from the second liturgical cycle. Just put it in there. And uh, just in case, I mean, you basically, it might be, uh, it, it probably will be the, the, the third uh, liturgical cycle reading, because that's, that's technically what uh, will happen. Okay. This is from First uh, Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty-two to twenty-five. <clears throat> we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to many, but to those who are called, the wisdom of God. From the first letter of Saint Paul to the Corinthians, the Jews demand a sign, and the Greeks look for wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to, to the Gentiles. But to those who are called Jews and who are called Jews and Greeks alike, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God for the foolishness of God is wiser th than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Okay. One more time. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. The Jews demand a sign and Greeks look for wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to, to Gentiles. But those who are called Jews and Greeks alike, Christ, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Okay, one more time. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But those who are called Jews... Those who are called, called Jews and Greeks alike, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of Christ is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, this is uh, the, the verse before the gospel. Lord, you are truly the Savior of the world. Give me living water that I may never thirst again. Lord, you are truly Savior of the world. Give me living water that I may never thirst again. Lord, you are truly the Savior of the world. Give me living water that I may never thirst again. Okay, this is the reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 4, verse 5 to 42. The water that I shall give will become a spring of eternal life. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, Lord. 
at the at that time Jesus came to a town of Samar Samaria called Sakar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples has gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, and the well is deep. Where then can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself with his children and his flock? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming back here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right in saying I do not have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman answered, the woman said to him, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you people say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship, worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Christ is coming, the one called the anointed, when he comes, he will tell us everything. And Jesus said to her, I am he, the one speaking with you. At that woman, his disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with a woman. But still no one said, what are you looking for? Or why are you talking with her? The woman left 
her water jar and went into the town and said to the people, Come see. Come and see a man who's told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out of the town and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat for which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, Could someone have brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do not say, do you not say in four months the harvest will be here? I tell you, look up and see the fields, ripe for the harvest. The reaper is already receiving payment and gathering crops for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified, that one sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have, what you have not worked for, Others have done the work, and you are sharing the fruits of their work. Many of the Samaritans of the town began to believe in him because of the word the, woman's, the, the, the woman testified. He told me everything I have done. When the Samaritans came to hear him, they invited him to stay with them, and he did stay there two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word. And they said to the woman, We have we no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So what we have here is in the first episode is um the first episode, what I mean is the first reading, sorry, the first reading is um, you have the Israelites basically almost like have their, their reaction towards their new situation in life out in the desert with Moses is almost like uh, a, dra a drug addict's withdrawal effect. They're finding them, they're, their situation. They're no longer, in a sense, property. They're no longer uh, chattel uh, or cattle to be used as the Egyptians wanted, as Pharaoh wanted, based to, uh, technically, uh, to use them as property, to use them uh, with with indifference to their to their humanity, and uh, now. Um, they're no longer property. They're no longer abused, and then and they're rewarded with, with food. I mean, think of it. It's like, uh, it's like you know, it's like you know, you you heard these horrible things on the news, how, how some women are kept, and uh, some uh, you know, you hear about this sex trafficking thing. You hear about this children who who were treated so horribly, kept in a cage, and starved to death, and abused. Uh, in a, in a horrible way, and in a sense, this this is kind of like almost a, technically it's the same thing, you know. It's like being in a in a, in you know, like you hear about these work camps by these dictators, these horrible country, uh, you know, these dictators do to their people, 
where they worked him to death and they feed them basically scraps. And the people have become so conditioned that they, that, that they accept it. In this situation, they, they're, they're shocked. They want to go back. They want to go back to Egypt. They want to go back to their, to their miserable condition. They want to go back to, to the life. They felt that the misery they knew was a bit, was better than the misery they don't know. Right? That's what they're in their thinking. They rather be property and property of Pharaoh. They rather be abused by Pharaoh. They better, they rather be worked to death by Pharaoh and given scraps, which they felt was like, uh, they're acting like as though it was a gourmet meal or something. It's not. But what, what really the, the, the center of it, the real, the real answer was that they worshiped Pharaoh as God. In their thinking, they were trained to look at Pharaoh. They were trained to look at Egypt as God. They, were, they looked at Egypt, the, the, the kingdom of Egypt, I guess you can call it, in other words, the state is their God. Pharaoh is their God. The food, the scraps of food, the little, the little tidbits of food that they were given was like sacraments to them. Kind of like you could say their, their, um, their daily quota, their, uh, their monthly check, their daily check came through and they acted like as though it was, it was, it was their, their, their sacrament, their, their, uh, heavenly food. And that is basically the same thing what we're looking at today. All right. Technically, that's what it is. Instead of looking to a God, God who, who gives you far, who gives you abundantly and freely, because the relationship with His people is true. Human beings, basically, when they're in power, they're in absolute power. There's absolute corruption. It's true. The the words are true. Absolute power corrupts. And the people are used to it. The people have come to accept it and love it. Dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing when the state becomes God. It's a dangerous thing. That's basically what the 666 means. Six is the sixth day a man created. Human beings were created by God. Three times, right? It's an unholy trinity. It's, you can say... Uh, the state, which is an earthly thing, because you got man, you got the sixth day, in a sense, I could interpret it in this way, as the empire of man, the the man, uh, you know, basic, basically represents the only holy trinity three times. So you can say there's an, there's in a sense of the, the rule of man acting like God, basically you can say a kingdom, a state. And then finally, man himself, the third six, you know, the third set of six as making, make man making themselves into God. 
into God and for being worshipped by men as God. So you've got to look at it as that, as that instance. It's basically man perverting himself, humanity perverting themselves and, and, and looking to themselves and, and, and daring to defy their creator, which always ends up in disaster. Right? That's technically it. Now in the the psalm, it's um, a psalm that reminds them. It's this particular psalm. We we do, we use it for um, in our Catholic tradition, in the liturgy, of the hours, or Christian daily prayer, and for morning prayer, as a reminder to always look to God and never put God to the test. Um, for the liturgy, of the hours, the office of reading, they use that. It's you know it's. It's one of those things that people can decide at some point in their lives, and we've talked about it before. But it's a great, it's a great way for prayer, for daily prayer, uh, you know, for people to use. Now, um, you know, it's a tradition with the church. So now, in John's Gospel, here Jesus comes to Samaria, and here he meets a woman from the town of Sakar, a woman who's had a a reputation, she's coming out in the noonday to get water because she wants to avoid the other women because she doesn't She doesn't have a good reputation. She's had five husbands. She's had quite an active life, a sexual life, you can say. Uh, her, her, relationship, uh, uh, her relationships don't work out very well. And here she meets a Jewish man, Jesus, sitting there waiting for her. And he asks her very casually, can you give me drink and she reminds him you know you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan I'm, I know and uh, you guys have nothing no use with us and uh, you, you know you technically believe I will defile you so if you drink from my jug wouldn't that be defiling you for Jews have you don't 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 use anything common with Samaritans and he tells her well you know if you knew who's asking you for water you know, you would ask him for drink for the well I, the water I will give will spring up to eternal life. And then she t reminds him about, you know, you don't even let us worship in the temple. And this well was dug by our father, Jacob. Are you saying that you're greater than our father, Jacob, who's this well gave, you know, uh, quenched the thirst of his children and her flocks and his flock. And then he Tell, you know, she, she even says, I mean, you don't even have a bucket to draw the water. You know, they go back and forth until finally he, he, you know, he tells her, I mean, especially when she worships, you know, you worship in the temple, but yet, are, you know, when we worship here in this mountain, and he reminds her, look, you guys don't even know what you're worshiping. You don't even know it for for salvation comes from us, us Jews. You don't even understand what you're worshiping. And he gives her, basically he, he's, he's, he's luring her to, to see, you know, to, for a revelation. What she's doing is with him, he, what he's doing to her, it's a moment of clarity. He's, you know, he's drawing her out from herself which is what the purpose of bringing the people out into the desert was to see themselves. And Lent is like that, to bring us, to draw us out from ourselves 
and from to, to see ourselves as God sees us and to change you know the water from the rock is God tells, tells Moses I will stand before you in front of the people and you will strike the rock and you will basically the rock is the foundation stone it's God the rock is God God should be that rock, that center of attention, that sacred rock. It doesn't, I mean, think about it. It's not made of gold. Like Pharaoh's statues are made of gold. Like, and it's not a carved stone. Like you see these carved stones in Egyptian monuments. It's a rock, but it's a rock of faith. She She comes to the mountain in the morning. She comes to the mount where, where the well is. And she thought it was going to be just another ordinary day. And who's standing there by the well waiting for her? He met her exactly at some point in her life. Some, some, something has finally, at some point, she must have been going, to, her day must not have been ordinary. You know, you know, you have those days where you wake up, everything seems to be the same. Or for the last few days, something was going on in her. And finally, she encounters God by a well that she always, that she always goes to draw water. And it must have been a time for her to be alone to think, you know, to contemplate, to ask questions, maybe to, maybe whatever she heard read in, in, in her Samaritan synagogue, the scriptures, they have similar books. They have all the books of only five books of Moses and nothing else. But somehow in her life, he met her exactly. She's her thoughts and her mind and heart were going to exactly the place where he wants to meet her, where he was where to draw her out. Because think about it, she's drawing water out. But this time, he's helping her not draw water out. He's helping her to draw clarity out. And just and, and he got her where he wants her to think, to, 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 to see, to see herself as he sees her. And then once she sees herself as he sees her, she looks and she sees God. No, standing there. All the muck has to come out. And that's exactly what happened with the Egyptians. All the muck has to come out. But they were, they were not willing to let go of it. She was ready to let go of it. She was ready to let go of all the things were holding her back from having a relationship with God. You know, she met the Messiah. He was standing there at the well, ready for her because she was finally ready. Something in her life just came to a point where she was finally ready to let go. She realized she can't do it anymore. She's had five husbands, the one she is with now. She was probably thinking, this is not working out. How many men am I going to, you know, how many creatures am I going to attach myself to? How many 
how many of these men are going to, are going to keep t attaching myself and it's not working. This one is not working. It's going to come up. It's going to end up in a disaster like all the others. You know, when we attach ourselves to something, to something else, to, to a creature other than God, it's not working. That's what the Israelites did. They attached themselves to Pharaoh. Pharaoh beat the crap out of them every single day. He abused them. You know, there's some people that, you know, powerful people, politicians, you know, we have this thing now where we, we attach ourselves to a politician. We think this politician cares about us because maybe they look like us. Maybe because they, they happen to be the same ethnicity as us. And we think that, you know, when they tell us you're part of a minority group, you're, you're, you're part of an abused class. And the thing is, look around you, you find out that how many politicians have said the same promises over and over again and nothing has changed. They use you to get what they want and they discard you. That's what Pharaoh did with the Israelites every single day. That's what the devil does with us. When he's finally gotten what he wanted, he discards us. He throws us aside. Evil has no limits. All right. Sin has no limits. It will go on to the next, to the next soul and suck the life out of the next soul. The devil will keep doing that. Powerful human beings will keep doing that. They don't need they only need you as far as you are useful to them. Right? Her husbands, the men in her lives, the Samaritan woman, used her as far as she was useful to them. But God, when God, when God comes into our lives, what he sees is a creature he created. He created this creature, us, for far more greater things. He created us in his image, in his likeness. And he knows what greater purpose we can be. We're not just something to be discarded. It's up to us to finally open up and let go of that muck, let go of that stuff that holds us back and let him come in and he can transform us. Look how she was transformed. And then what happens? She runs into town and she says, come and see. That's the words that go through the entire gospel of John. Come and see. And this is what God is saying. Come and see what I can do for you. What I, you know, how I can change you. Okay, let's move on to um, the other optional readings. Okay, this is the third cycle of reading for 2022. Exodus chapter 3, um, verses 1 to 8, 13 to 15. I am sent, I am sent me to you. Moses... Uh, reading from the book of Exodus, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. Leading the flock across the desert, he came to Horeb, Horeb, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a fire flaming out of a bush. 
As he looked on, he was surprised to see that the bush, though on fire, was not consumed. So Moses decided, I must go over to look at this remarkable sight and see why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw him coming over, he looked uh, to look at, at, at it more closely. He called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, he answered, here I am. God said, come no nearer, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I am the God of your fathers, he continued, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. M Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at uh, to look at God but the Lord said I have witnessed the afflictions of my people in Egypt and have heard their cry of complaint against their slave drivers so I know well what they are suffering therefore I have come to rescue them from their hand from the hands of the Egyptians and lead them out of their land out of the land into a good and spacious land a land flowing with milk and honey Moses said to God, but when I go to the Israelites and say to them, the, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. If they ask me, what is his name? What am I to tell them? And God replied, I am who, who am. Then he said, this is what you shall call, which you should tell the Israelites. I am sent me to you. God spoke further to Moses. Then you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. Thus I am to be remembered through all generations. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 103. The Lord is kind and merciful. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my being. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The Lord is kind and merciful. He pardons all your iniquities, heals all your ills. He redeems your life from the destruction, crowns you with kindness and compassion. The Lord is kind and merciful. The Lord secures justice and the, and the rights of all the oppressed. He has made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the children of Israel. The Lord is kind and merciful. Merciful and gracious is the Lord, slow to anger and abounding in kindness. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so surpassing is his kindness towards those who fear him. The Lord is kind and merciful. A reading uh, from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 1 to 6, 10 to 12. And um, the life of the people with Moses in the desert was written as down as a warning to us. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all of them were baptized into Moses in, in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from a spiritual rock that followed them and the, 
and the rock was the Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, for they were struck down in the desert. These things happen as example for us so that we might not desire evil things as they did. Do not grumble as some of them did and did and suffered death by the by the destroyer. These things happened to them as an example, and they have been written down as a warning to us upon whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, whoever thinks he is standing secure should take care not to fall. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The verse before the gospel, repent, says the Lord, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. If you do not repent, you will perish as they did. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Some people told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with the blood of their sacrifices. Jesus said to them in reply, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way that they were greater sinners than all the other Galileans? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 people who were killed when the tower at Siloam fell on them. Do you think they were more guilty than, it, than everyone else who lived in Jerusalem? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will perish as they did. And he told them this parable. There once was a person who had a, f a fig tree planted in his orchard. And when he came in search of fruit on it, but found none, he said to the gardener, For three years now I have come in search of fruit on this fig tree, but have found none, so cut it down. Why should it exhaust the soil? He said, to him in reply, Sir, leave it for this year also. I shall cultivate the ground around it and fertilize it. It may bear fruit in the future. If not, you can cut it down. And let me see, hold on. Nope, that's it. Okay. So, gospel of the Lord, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, um, now we're in the third week of Lent, of Lent. My second week was, let's put it more bumpy in uh, my fasting. And um, I got to really uh, pray about why I have this uh, weakness. And I think a lot of it has a lot to do with restlessness. Um, in a sense, I think uh, weariness, maybe because of the fact of I feel like I'm not doing what I want to do, um, my job, you know, I mean, I've been there now 25 years and I feel, you know, personally, you know, because I originally went to art school and I had this idea in my head that, you know, I'd become a, a cartoonist, an illustrator, I'll be doing science fiction and fantasy books, um, but I never really, I, I never got into it. I mean, I still paint. I have art material and everything, but I don't do, I'm not doing, I'm not, I'm not working on it professionally. Right now, it's just more like a hobby. And also, you know, at that time, 
when I was younger, I didn't, I wasn't a Catholic. Um, I wasn't even considering it. In a sense, I would say, even though I came from a, a marriage that was mixed faith, you know, my father was not a, was not a, was a non-practicing Muslim. And my mom at the time was a non-practicing Catholic. Um, I was, I guess you can say, I didn't have a religion. No, I didn't have any faith. Um, I probably was searching. I would say I was searching, but you know, I've talked about it before in other podcasts. Religion was something I could say I was exploring, but I wasn't considering. I mean, I could say I might have had some desire of faith, but I didn't know it at the time. Either way, problem is uh, I was listening to a podcast on Catholic Institute culture. This Dominican priest was talking about habits, good habits, bad habits, um, and about this man who was, who was single um, and had an eating disorder. You know, he overate, he snacked. And the bottom of the, the question, the, the solution to it was admitting that he was not happy, that he, he lacked companionship. He didn't, he came home to an empty apartment. You know, he did these things because he was trying to find a substitute for, for love. It's a hard thing to, to say and think about, but that's a truth when you think about it. Why do we do certain things? Why do we look at certain things? Why do, we, why do some people... <clears throat> Um, probably it would be the same thing for any particular hobby that someone does. Like people go to comic cons when I, when you think about it to meet other people who collect comic books, people go to sports because you're going to meet other people who have the same thing. People hoard up things like there are guys who um, have collections of comic books and they don't want to sell them. They have collections of hordes of things that they collect <clears throat> because one is probably memory. They had a fond memory of their childhood with friends who, who, who shared the same interest I mean, that's technically why we do these things. You, you know, you remember someone collects baseball cards, sport cards, um, because you, they, they do spark memory. So the bottom of it is companionship, friendship. You have a social interest, right?
when you go to work, there are certain people that sit together at your job. You go on a break. Certain people of the same language, same culture, same interests. There are people at work that get along with each other and have better friendship and companionship than with other people. We gravitate towards those kind of people. So what was interesting is what this um, Dominican, this uh, man from the Dominican order, religious, said, is that this is basically where you have to cultivate as a Christian, your strength in God, your relationship with him. He has to fulfill those needs. He ha you have to ask him for the grace to, to overcome that loneliness, to overcome that emptiness. You know, um, Father Chris Aylar was talking the other day about, you know, since about the, the St. Joseph, um, that, you know, he talked about, you know, throughout the talk, he, he went into the subject matter of, of demonic possession and stuff like that. And he mentioned, you know, um, <clears throat> behind certain things like behind pornography, there's actually a demon, you know, in, in a, in a, in a certain movie, like say a pornographic movie, or there's a, there's a demon behind it. And that demon basically opens you when you, when you're interested in pornography, it, there's a portal, a doorway in a dimension. He comes into your mind, your heart, your imagination. Once he finds that weakness, it basically, he will, he will hound you with that weakness. And let's face it, I mean, uh, you know, we have to admit why we desire certain things, why we have a habit towards certain things, why we have an addiction to certain things, alcohol, food, drugs, um, pornography. Because we have to admit that we're unhappy. It's easier, like for guys, to collect, to have an addiction towards sports, towards um, to have a, a a movie star that you 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 your ideal of manhood, uh, an athlete your ideal of manhood. Superheroes and other things like you, you, you find addiction for is a substitute for, for God. It's easy to look at this character and see this character that fights uh, and perseveres over certain 
triumphs and everything like that and you collect it because it's like a substitute it's a substitute for certain things you go after toys you go after collection of toys models and stuff like that you like these things because it's easier it's an easier devotion with god it's actual relationship you have to keep building it's a it's a real relationship it's a relationship you you need to cultivate you need to come to get to know him. And when it comes to admitting your weakness and your unhappiness, it has to, you have to, you have to keep build, you know, to build up. You have to exercise those spiritual um, muscles. You know, um, the Christian life, prayer, it's an exercise. It's a, a whole new habit a whole new way of life. These other things, they're horizontal and they're temporary. And after some point, you know, those friendships are not there. You're no longer a child anymore. St. Paul says that in Corinthians, right? I have to put away childish things. It's, I have to say, I wrestle back and forth every now and then. And Chris Salar said that he said, imagine the devil with a crystal ball of marbles, right? There's no opening. The marbles are inside this crystal ball. And the only way he can get to those marbles is that he has to smash it on the floor. And what happens is the marbles just scatter. They go in every direction. That's the souls. The souls, us. Now the ones that scatter away, right? He has to go search for them. He doesn't have to worry about the ones that are near him. Because the ones that are near him, he already knows where they are. It's the ones that scatter away. There's every chance that they're moving towards God. And so when we start praying, when we start practicing their faith, what happens? Well, guess what? We start having attacks. We actually start having attacks. And that's what happened in my second week of Easter. My first week from Ash Wednesday moving to Friday was, was pretty good. But as soon as I got to the weekend, <laughs> I started making excuses. You see? And that's the problem here. You have to stick with it. You can't, you know, and you have to do it with prayer. We have to do it with prayer. You know, as soon as we start praying, as soon as we start fasting, and you have to offer the fast, not for yourself. You got you to gotta ask for the grace. Because the thing is, when we do it for other people, when we do it for the Holy Father, when we do it for, for our family members, when we do it for, for friends, uh, when we do it for people who are suffering, you 
gain graces, more graces than you're praying for yourself. You know, when, you know, today I actually had a, a pretty good day when I went, when I had to go shopping after mass, I went to the supermarket and standing there, I'm about to get some, you know, my order. There was a lady ahead of me. Then I saw this old fellow and I decided, you know what? I'm going to tell the guy behind the counter to help him. And, I, and he was really appreciative. And then it was, we're about to pay for everything on the, you know, go to the cashier. There's an old guy, another old guy. He had a, just cold cuts he got from the, from the deli. I let him go first. And he was appreciative as well. Certain things, certain little acts of kindness make a big difference. And that's another thing about, about what we have to do is, it says uniquely Mary, according to why souls, most souls go to, go to purgatory because of lack of charity. What's, what does it mean? Charity, not charity is like you give to the poor. That's the modern expression, but the actual classical, um, English, because English is not a religious language. It's actually, um, you can say the best I like to use expression is, is divine love, godly love. That's what original, the original English was used for. You help people when they're in need. You know, you try to help somebody if you can. Help an old lady across the street. Help someone who may be like their groceries is falling all over the floor. Um, uh, help someone carry something. Uh, give up a seat. Because it, these are sacrifices. Sacrifices of kindness that actually pleases God. That's what it is. And that's, and helps. These things actually help, but it's not easy because we live in a world now where there's more selfishness. More in a sense of, um, there's more isolation, right? A lot of people don't want to talk to each other. A lot of people don't want anybody to, they don't want to reveal things about themselves. They don't want anybody to see, you know, um, to see how unhappy they are. That's the kind of world we live in now. So, you know, um, you know, I didn't talk too much about the, the scriptural readings because I think they pretty much speak for themselves. Anyway, so let's try this week. Hopefully we'll see how, how well we do. So let's, um, let's say the Apostles Creed or the Nessian Creed, actually. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. 
born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of God, at right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. So this week, um, there is something I want to say uh, that we could do. Uh, you probably heard that Pope Francis um, is going to consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. That's coming up this Friday, the, the 25th. Now he's invited. Okay. This is the, this is where certain, um, personalities in the, uh, Catholic podcasts and YouTube world, um, are going to latch on to because the word is invited. Um, some, some question if Lucy's, um, sister Lucy, the one of the original, the last survivors, she passed away, of course, of the Fatima children. Some translated as orders. Can you really get them all the bishops under one roof to consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary? And will the Pope do it? We'll see. The important thing is um, we have to pray. I think the best thing to do is offer um, offer your fasting if you can, your rosaries for the Holy Father. For the Holy Father, Pope Francis, that he may get the grace and all the bishops that they will help him that they will actually join him in the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. If this happens, if he actually, if this actually happens, and often the apparition said, it will be too, it will be late. It will be done, but it will be done late. So let's uh, say a Hail Mary, three Hail Marys for this, okay? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Glory be to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. And also, let's say the St. Michael prayer. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless.